I'm frequently asked by people whether alcoholism and depression are related. Alcoholism and alcohol problems can often cause people to feel depressed. Alcohol is a depressant. When people start drinking, at first, when they start drinking, alcohol elevates one's mood. And then it, your mood decreases with more alcohol. So it is actually a depressant, even though some people do feel, have like they have fun and they feel light when they're, when they're on alcohol. It's not clear that alcohol necessarily causes depression. However, if one has a propensity to, towards depression, alcohol will worsen it and can accelerate a depressive process. So if you are depressed or even mildly depressed or have a history of depression, one should think very carefully about how much one drinks. Hey yo, check it out. This is the Wild Cowboy with a lot of style, boy. The great Sadat X, one of one, brand new, being punctured, about to get beat down. Slow down. You know what I'm saying? Come on, mother eppers and everything like that. The brand new being brother. And I'm giving a shout out to Sober is Dope podcast community for fighting addiction and mental illness. You understand? Addiction and mental illness. Anybody can have it, man, and it's not, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, man. All we can do is help and uplift. Anybody struggling with it, man, you know it's love, man. Definitely coming from the Sober is Dope podcast community. So if you're feeling the type of way, reach out to them people, man, and they'll help you. Word up. Check it out. The Wild Cowboy with a lot of style, boy, the great Sadat X. And once again... Shout out to the Sober's Dope Podcast community for fighting addiction and mental illness. Let's band together, y'all. Each one teach one. Love is love. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober's Dope Podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan, and I'm coming to you tonight with humility, love, and good energy. And in this episode, I want to talk about my therapy story. The first time I sat down and saw a therapist on the addiction recovery process. And this is important to me because we just did a short episode called my detox story, my rehab story. And while in rehab, I was lucky enough to seek therapy. And the reason why I want to talk about this briefly as I go for my evening stroll through the park, I really just wanted to elaborate and share this fascinating story with you. So, I think it was six months within the rehab. No, I would say three months within the rehab process. My addiction counselor in my rehab um, suggested that I talk to someone about the death of my father. And I talk to someone about my past and my drinking because my counselor at the time really felt that I had a lot on my chest and that I was kind of like suffering in a way through bereavement and I never really properly mourned my father. The first thing I want to say is when you're in rehab and my last episode was my rehab story, which was encouraging anyone that's dealing with addiction to not be afraid of rehab because it's actually a great thing. But when you're in rehab, and if it's a good rehab that deals with both your mental health and your addiction, um, they're going to do something called biopsychosocial. And this is the beginning of my rehab story because my biopsychosocial 
was definitely unique. And when I first met with my addiction counselor, my addiction counselor heard it all. She's seeing me fresh off the press. I'm speaking at a million miles per hour. I'm all over the place. I'm incoherent. I have all this energy. I'm just excited to talk to someone. I'm excited to be sober and involved in this whole process. So I'm just like full blown pop. You can and all over the place. It was like just a frenzy. And I remember my counselor saying to me at the time, you know, you're speaking so fast, you, you know, just give it some time. We'll get to everything. And that the more my counselor got to know me, she suggested that, you know, I think you should see a therapist and a therapist recommended that I see a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist recommended that I have a biopsychosocial so she know how so she knows how to properly diagnose me plus medicate me right if I need a medication so that's the process first you have to be recommended a therapist will recommend if you need you know further therapy or to see a psychiatrist um the psychiatrist can prescribe medication and they could also diagnose you if you have any you know really lingering mental health issues. So my counselor being really good, she recommended me see a therapist. So when they took my biopsychosocial and my therapist and my psychiatrist went over it, they were able to see the biopsychosocial after counseling me and dealing with me for about a good month and a half. So they got to know me really well. So they knew that, okay, it's this kid, Buchanan, they call me. He's definitely, you know, a fun guy, upbeat guy. He has a lot of different ideas, definitely loves God. He's all over the place. He talks about aliens, angels, and all of this stuff, and very spiritual kid. That was my deal. That was how they felt. That's what they felt about me. I was a good guy, extremely spiritual. The most beautiful thing I, I remember in my recovery was how my psychiatrist confirmed my identity and personality. So when they take a biopsychosocial, you know, they look at everything. They it must have been 300 questions, probably close to 200 or 300 questions. This was the longest interview I ever had. Everything from childhood, parents, grandparents, friends, school, uh, everything, any question. This is a lot of great questions. And through this biopsychosocial, they have an idea of your personality, who you are, um, what conditions you may be struggling with. What It's just really deep. And my psychiatrist, which was a beautiful woman, she sat me down and said, we got your biopsychosocial. And, you know, she said, dealing with you this couple of months, last month or two, you know, I really learned a lot about you. And... You know, I wasn't sure if your ideas about spirituality in the world was just part of some delusion or, you know, not to insult me. But she was like, you know, you always lean real deep on the mystical and spiritual side. And she said, you know, after looking at your biopsychosocial, I think that it's your natural personality type to associate yourself with the spiritual world and faith in God. And I don't think you could have a Buchanan, a Joe Buchanan, without this whole 
kingdom of God. And I think it's one and the same. And it's a beautiful part of your personality. And I don't think you could have one without the other. And I found that fascinating because your biopsychosocial confirmed this. You're not delusional. This is absolutely your psychology and how you really feel about life in the universe. You know, um, and that meant a lot to me because even in my addiction, I never gave up on God. Even in my addiction, I never gave up on the beautiful, the magical, the mystery, the mysterious, the mysticism, the beauty, the angels, faith, life, and that we all have a purpose and this divine purpose. And that's always was my personality. You know, anyone who knows pop going back 20 years ago, look, I'm only 41. So going back, let's say 30 years ago, if you knew 10 year, 11 year old pop, fast forward 15 year old pop, it was always the same theme. You know, I was always excited about the universe life and I always was fascinated with, you know, the paranormal, supernatural, spiritual, mystical. And once my biopsychosocial came back, things went really smooth with my therapist and my psychiatrist. Now, the difference between a therapist, a therapist is someone that you speak to. They 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 give you they listen to you. They make recommendations and, you know, they counsel you, right? It's someone that you can really listen to. They can't prescribe medications or they don't diagnose you. They could recommend you to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist is someone who can both diagnose you based on a DSM-5, which is a mental health, um, if you have any type of mental health diagnoses, and they can also prescribe you medication. A psychologist is similar to a psychiatrist, but a psychologist can't prescribe medication. So that's the difference there. So I saw a therapist, beautiful young lady, very gorgeous. I was extremely excited to just speak to this beautiful young person that was either a little bit younger than me or a little bit around my age. And it was cool because she had it all together, but I could really kick it. And I remember <laughs> the analogy I gave for my addiction into my recovery was a scene from Lord of the Rings. Now, you guys have to imagine Pop Buchanan eight years ago, um, you know, new, newly minted in recovery, in rehab, excited. I just get to meet this therapist. She asked me my deal and what's going on with me. And I, and I, and I, go, I proceed to say, well, it's this, my life is a big analogy. And then I go back to that scene where Felden King was asleep. And he was under that kind of demonic stupor from the evil dark guy who was whispering in his ear. And that's who I describe myself as to my therapist and my story. So imagine me standing up. Now, she asked me a simple question, but this is pop fresh out of addiction. I'm excited to be sober. So I get up, dramatically reenact the whole Lord of the Rings scene. I tell her I'm Thelden King and the, the evil one had me and I was stuck in this dark stupor and it was like they was whispering in my ear and I had my sword, I, I, I needed my sword, but I'm this king and I'm under this possession and it's dark. And I said, you know, recovery was like Gandalf. And Gandalf came and he had on his gray shroud and I was fighting off recovery like leave me alone and I'm stuck in my addiction. 
and Gandalf throws off the gray cloak and then Gandalf the white appears and then me being Felden King I get shocked by the light and I start to realize that I'm under this possession and then Gandalf says you owe if you grab your own sword, you will remember your strength if you grab your own sword. And I went to proceed to tell my therapist at the time, fully animated, by the way, that as I found my recovery and got on my knees to God, it was like I was grabbing my sword and then my body started changing. I started coming back to myself and now I'm back. And she sat there and was like, wow. Do you mind sitting down and let's take it back from the beginning? And that was the beginning of the first day of my therapy. And that's how excited I was to talk to someone. And why am I telling you this, guys and gals and friends and family and everyone out there? It's because just like addiction and just like recovery and just like rehab and just like detox, therapy is so important and when you're in addiction and you're afraid to be going to recovery because you feel like life is boring and you don't know how you're going to be if you're going to be interested in how you're going to connect with people and you say these things to yourself that's the same thing we say when we're in rehab and then we have to go to therapy or if we're doing cold turkey or if we're going to aa and not in rehab but we know we need to see a therapist Oh, I don't need therapy. Oh, they won't understand me. Oh, it makes no sense. Oh, it doesn't work. We tell ourselves these things. But remember, therapy is for you. It's for you. You'd be surprised the therapeutic, the therapeutic power of just releasing all of your guilt, all of your shame, all of your fears to a non-biased person. Someone who's just paid to sit there and listen to you, but has the expertise to understand you and have the container to hold you, right? That spiritual and mental container that they can hold and really let you purge. That's the point of therapy. And then with enough therapy, they could determine if you need to see someone like a psychiatrist who could say, well, you know what? In my case, let's get you help with your dad. I know you keep talking about your father. You're a young man. You just turned 30. You're fresh out of your 20s. You're going through this dramatic addiction. It's tearing your life apart. You're saying you almost died. You had to get on your knees in the street to pray to God. And you keep talking about your father. I think that you need to deal with that, right? And I think you need to find closure with your ex-girlfriend and anyone that you, that you had in your past. And I think you need to reach out to the people you love and really talk to them, right? And um, sometimes the biggest thing for me was that... I put other people's needs above my own and I was would sacrifice my own self-interest in the pursuit of helping other people. But that could be toxic and that was toxic in my life because I was doing a lot of things to appease other people but was neglecting my health, my mental health, my sanity and, and what I needed. And the reason why I'm explaining this to you, if you're in addiction, if you're someone listening and you're stuck... You know, I was stuck. I'm Pop Buchanan. The reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I would never forget being stuck. I would never forget the darkness. I would never forget the loneliness of that darkness. And I'm sober and telling my sober story to encourage people in recovery to keep the faith, but really to get to those who still in addiction. Because you're important, the addict is important, the person with the disease is important, the person with the allergy is important, the person stuck, self-medicating and broken is important. And I want you to know that I was, 
at rock bottom. I had nothing. I lost the house, the girl, the, everything. You know, everything. I had nothing. In the end, I had nothing but faith. And by the grace of God, I still had some common sense to get on my knees and pray to God and ask for some guidance outside of myself. And the reason why I love you guys and I want to tell you this is if you're out there struggling, if I could do it, you certainly could do it. I know you can. Right. I know you can. And that's beautiful because I know there's someone listening to this now. That's like, damn, man, I really feel like I, I can't get through this. I can't get out of this. Sometimes the shame is too big. The fear is too big. The damage is too big for you to even imagine starting over. And that's why I'm telling you parts and aspects of my story. This is not my full therapy story, but this was the beginning and my first therapy session and how that led to me seeing my psychiatrist who was able to go on and help me out. And say that you're just suffering from depression and that's due to the loss of your father. And I think you should work on that. And I think you should talk to someone. And I think you should work on dealing with loss in your life and rejection and stuff like that. I think you need to reconcile that. I think you need to reach out to these people that you're talking about. And I think you should love yourself and be good to yourself and kind to yourself. That was what my therapist told me. And my therapist also said, based on your blood work, your serotonin levels are extremely low. So we're going to give you some medication to help you with your serotonin levels. And although you seem ex very excited and very animated, you're extremely sad, but don't know it. And it doesn't appear to be sadness. So this was the thing. When you see me, I'm like, hey, what's going on? I'm super excited, super pumped to be alive. I'm talking. I'm happy. I'm laughing. I'm giving people advice. But my psychiatrist was able to say, you're doing all that and you're extremely sad and you stay sad. And she's like, the average person is here and you're all the way down here on a scale of sadness and depression. And she said that has something to do with your serotonin levels. You have extremely compromised serotonin levels. That's probably why you were so allergic to alcohol and you should have never drank. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Me being open to rehab, me being open to going to detox from the beginning of Sober is Dope, then going to rehab and then going to therapy while in rehab and then seeing a psychiatrist. I was able to learn these things about myself between all of the doctors and everyone. And I was able to understand. So today, although I may be like any other human, I may have good and bad days. I'm not suffering from sadness. I'm not suffering from depression. I'm not suffering from the death of my dad. I'm not suffering from my past. I'm not holding on to my past. I don't feel any grudges or resentments to my past. I have a few, but not enough to be toxic. Right. And I'm learning how to deal with the shame of my past and learning self-forgiveness. And I'm doing this in recovery and I'm still doing the work. And I'm only eight years sober, but I'm eight years sober and almost nine because December makes December 15th, 2022 makes I mean, 2021 makes nine years. Um, and that's cool because nine is a lucky number. And I hope year nine is better than year eight because this pandemic definitely kicked our ass, but we're alive and we have gratitude. So with that being said, that's my therapy story. Yes, I compared myself to Feldon the King and I did the whole Lord of the Rings scene for my therapist, full blown, fully animated, super excited, rolling on the floor, imaginary sword and all of that. Did it all. Pop Buchanan did it all. My therapist was like, you are a snap, buddy. Now sit down. And um, but by the time I left therapy and by the time I left my psychiatrist, I was good. 
and I understood a lot about mental health. So this was a crash course on comorbid addiction, which means that I could have a mental health component or diagnosis alongside of my addiction. And I was able through the blessings of a great rehab facility and a great team that no longer exists no more. That company closed down a year after I left, a year or two after I left, but with their help and I just got in touch with my counselor again on LinkedIn and I'm so excited because I thought I lost contact with her. So everyone listening, I'm going to try to bring my addiction counselor from the Sober is Dope podcast episode one, eight years ago, the one that was my case manager that dealt with me from the beginning to end and graduated me. If I could get on the podcast, it'll be a big day because then you could hear it from her perspective, how young pop you was and how I am now because there definitely has been a journey and I'm really excited about it. You're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. This is a walk in the park. My therapy story is summertime in New York City. It's late. It's peaceful, quaint. Um, after this, I'm going to go exercise and then I'm going to say my prayers, relax, be in love, enjoying sobriety in life. And I'll catch you all on the other side. I love you. And please don't forget to subscribe. Check out the YouTube. Check out the follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Sober's Dope Universe. And remember, if you have any issues, holla at Pop Buchanan on social media. I love you all. God bless and good night.
Every time I forget those things, you bring them right back to me. Yeah. 